Hey everybody, welcome to the podcast. We're going to talk about one of my favorite movies. Maybe my favorite Brian De Palma movie, um, Body Double. <laughs> which, um, there's a certain kind of De Palma fan you got to be to be a body double person. Um, I don't understand how there's people who are into Raising Cain or Sisters or The Fury. I see a lot of, I could go through all of these, man. I could do a podcast on each De Palma movie, but uh, The Fury to me is like, why would you watch The Fury? With, which is still kind of old school with Douglas and Cassavetes and there's not a lot of sex in it and it's not very sleazy and it's kind of the, you know, CBS late movie version of Carrie when you could just watch Carrie or why would you watch, why would, why would you watch Raising Cain, which is again, kind of sexless unless you want to see Stephen Bauer and Lolita Davidovich. Why would you care about that when you can watch a guy who looks like Bill Maher going undercover to film a porno movie set to uh frankie goes hollywood and he's undercover and uh he has a sex scene with melanie griffith in a porno movie where there's no money shot and half of it is a music video which no one in the history of buying or renting porn would ever enjoy uh anyway this is 1984 is De Palma's next movie after Scarface, this big, epic, crazy, you know, gangster, you know, Oliver Stone wrote it. And it's, you know, the movie that inspired a generation of hip hop guys. And it was a big deal when I was a kid and every ESPN bro can quote every line of Scarface. And in some ways, Scarface is kind of my, you know, it's like the real De Palma fans have to get all snobby. Like there's no Phantom of the Paradise, man. Scarface is a sellout movie or they can't ever say Scarface or Untouchables. To me, Untouchables is really good, but it's kind of a Boy Scout movie. I liked a lot when I was 15. I'm not going to, you know, I love it for sure. Um, but Scarface to me, because Pacino, it's so operatic. It's so ridiculous. The fact that almost nobody in it is actually Cuban. It's like the great Cuban American actors, uh, you know, Al Pacino and Mary Elizabeth Mastrantonio and F. Murray Abraham. <laughs> it's over the top. It's insane. It's got the chainsaw. It's got the Giorgio Moroder score and the songs and the She's on Fire and the Nightlife and the Belzer and the Ottavio and, the, you know, the, the Ravenga and the... It's just an amazing movie. I love Scarface. Maybe in some ways that is my favorite, but everyone's going to say Scarface and they do their like douche bro frat guy, you know, fucking wannabe cokehead, stupid dorm room poster Scarface rant. Body Double, however, however, his next movie was De Palma getting back, De Palma getting back to his, uh, you know, more traditional Hitchcockian homage kind of style. Um, but a very in a very playful way. Like I would argue that, I mean, people will say this is a lot like Blowout or Dress to Kill or Obsession. The Malton book used to cite those in particular a lot. Like Sisters, I would say those are kind of glum movies in a way. Like Sisters has kind of an unpleasantness to it. Like the game show thing is very playful and wacky, and the fact that it was oh Margot Kidder kind of. Uh, it's broad but very entertaining and this uh the cake making and stuff it's it, it but still has this like desolate 70s look and feel and uh coldness to it and dressed to kill which this is a lot like obviously 
um, with the big set piece. You know, they have the museum sequence and Dress to Kill that's so beloved. And in here they do this through this shopping outdoor shopping mall in Los Angeles. Um, but here it's so light and kind of silly and playing with movies and, uh, you know, intentional put on um, uh, the superficiality of movies in Hollywood versus Dress to Kill is very kind of dreary. And the score, even by Pino DiNaggio, is kind of depressing. Blowout, obviously, is very dark with the, you know, the fireworks at the ending and Nancy Allen biting it. And uh, it's sort of a, and, and that movie also has a lot of tie into like, you know, Nixon era conspiracy and the conversation. I know it's a lot to blow up. Body job double though, however, is just fucking pure fun. You got Craig Wasson, one of my favorite dumb guy actors. In fact, my mom used to just call him the dumb guy. When he'd show up in anything, she'd be like, there's the dumb guy because he's so stupid in this movie, which is why I love him. He's Jake Scully. He's got the tweed professor code. He's, he's trying to be an actor. He's in this vampire dog shit looking movie, which he can't do because he has, um, he has a claustrophobia and fear of tight spaces, which obviously is a, a nod to Hitchcock and Vertigo. And he's clearly a total hack and a sleazeball. And in the opening scene, his girlfriend's cheating on him with this ridiculously fake, you know, rear projection screen of him in his convertible. He catches his girlfriend cheating on him and he's thrown out because he's a loser. And he goes to acting class and meets Sam Bouchard, <laughs> played by Greg Henry, one of my favorite hack, awesome, smarmy asshole actors. And I've always had this dream, my one of my dream screenplays, which I shouldn't even give away my magic for free, but I want to make a, I always wanted to make a Greg Henry, um, middle-aged Greg Henry bad lieutenant kind of thing where he has a day where he's trying to go to OTB and then score drugs or something and then bang his mistress but they stick him with his adopted kid and he's in a terrible mood and keeps trying to lose his kid at the park like he's just like dropping the kid off by the playground area like trying to get rid of him that's the kind of incredibly unfunny unpleasant thing I think about but uh uh He's Sam Bouchard, and he offers uh, Jake Scully a place to stay in the supernatural house up in the hills of Hollywood, where every night there's a, f conveniently, very conveniently, a hot chick across the street who's doing a, a fap show, basically, in front of her window, and... We, this has been discussed. Every message board in the history of the universe, every YouTube comment, everyone who watches this movie is like, this dude is straight up Bill Maher. He is pure Maher. There is no way, like, there's Craig Watson, there's Bill Maher. There's, like, it's 99% DNA match. You can't watch this and not think of Bill Maher the entire time. So he's galvanized watching this strip show across the way up in the hills. And every night at the same time, this woman masturbates, does this ridiculous thing and, and makes a big show of putting on this fancy jewelry. That's from a safe as if like, and he's so dumb. He's like, well, this is a pretty good deal. Like he's not thinking through, wait, wait, something's kind of suspicious about this. And soon enough, he finds that a uh, hulky, bulky, uh, hulk, hulking, bulky native american guy with the most dubious uh special effects makeup in the history of the world is also spying on this babe with her big sunglasses and uh comically large black hair and uh trailing her too and he begins to suspect she's being stalked by this guy who has ill intent and he begins following her and he's kind of he's He's a pervert, basically. They would never make this movie today where our leading man is just like, he goes, follows her to the mall, and she 
She goes and for no reason, as women are wont to do, she goes to the uh, lingerie store, takes off her old panties to buy new panties, and then daintily drops her worn panties into the trash of this Beverly Hills, West Hollywood type mall. And uh, Scully, our buddy Craig Watson, steals them so he can, and he huffs them. Uh, and he follows her in this long, beautiful sequence going through this mall where our big hulking Native American guy uh, comes on the elevator and gives him this big smarmy leering laugh while he has a freak out of one of his claustrophobia incidents. And later that night, he's he suspects something's going to go wrong. And of course, uh, as he's spying, she's murdered in this really awesomely ridiculous, over-the-top, powered drill sequence where she's drilled into the ground with her white dogs going nuts and he races to the rescue with the help of some like Hollywood Hills joggers but he's too late but the cops think maybe he did it and he's a peeping Tom and he's a pervert he's sleazy and they don't trust him and we know he's an asshole but he didn't really do it but uh Somewhere along the way, though, he has trailed this girl. There was a part earlier I neglected to mention. He trails her into this tunnel, and she she's so overcome with lust for this Bill Maher-looking dude that they do this awesome 360 kiss on the beach as it swirls around, and then the... The stalker guy steals her purse and this synth music kicks up that goes do 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 and it's uh, it's so fake and artificial and De Palma and it's just pure fucking De Palma majesty. Then like I said, this this murder happens and then he's down on his luck, he's down on his dumb you know, his acting career sucks. He's watched this girl get murdered and the cops think he's an asshole and then he's drinking a, a guzzler a Jack Daniels in in his rotating porno bed and sees a porno movie ad on TV where a woman's doing the same. This is like how ridiculous this movie. He watches it and it's Melanie Griffith with her uh, uh, manageables and her 1985 Brigitte Nielsen haircut. And he's like, whoa, she's masturbating in the same way. Like she's doing the same fap dance. She's doing the fap dance. And he's like, I know how I'm going to solve this murder. I'm going to get into the porno industry. He goes down to Tower Records in my favorite scene of all time. And he just walks, he strolls in with utmost confidence into a porn video store. It's not even a porno video store. I'm sorry. It is tower records it's just a, a terrestrial record store you know music store with a video section and he goes up and he goes excuse me do you have holly does hollywood and i've always wanted this utmost confidence if i was going to order something embarrassing or buy rubbers or buy a porno book or something like i just want to go in and just just fucking lay it out there just ask for it but he finds this porno and he decides this is the same girl maybe and he's going to go undercover into the world of pornography which he accomplishes by slicking his hair back and getting a maroon color uh, Michael Jackson type jacket and posing going to a, a porno audition where he immediately gets the gig and is cast in a porno movie opposite Melanie Griffith's Holly Body um, where he's going to bang her in a bathroom but the whole porno like I said is just a Frankie Goes Hollywood video and they play the Relax Don't Do It song and it's got full special effects and he's dressed up like he's in Revenge of the Nerds with dork glasses and it's totally 1984 out and they're going to screw in the bathroom against the wall she's fully clothed he's fully clothed in like an Argyle sweater and they apparently fuck and <laughs> apparently there's like no penetration shot no money shot somebody goes hey what about the cum shot and it's like who was this for who's gonna rent that and be like well there's no sex in this but that frankie goes that incredibly gay pop song was was uh, was really amazing um 
so he goes backstage to meet Melanie Griffith as Holly Body, and they go out on a date. Where his his look in this part, he's all cowboyed out, and he puts on some ridiculous Haas type accent to sell that he's you know, he's a little sleazy, he's a little seedy at this point. And uh, she, they go to a bar, and she's like the most boring porn star ever, just so we can be affectionate toward Holly Body, so we don't think she's a slut or anything, even though she does porn. She's like, I don't work with girls, I don't shave my pussy, I don't. And I'm like, what? What, what do you do? This sounds pretty like vanilla stuff that's in any porno movie, but she doesn't do any of it. She's like, uh, no, none of this, no water sports, no, no, no butt stuff, nothing. It's like, well, all right, man. I'm sure you'd be a popular porn star. And anyway, this leads to, uh, you know, of course, she's going to, you know, be the next in line by the same guy who I don't want to spoil the magic. But if you've been taking note of the incredibly unconvincing makeup and the fact that our buddy Greg Henry has been missing for long periods of this, it just might be that the lady across the street was really his wife and he wanted to get her inheritance and everything um, and had set up Melanie Griffith to be. Um, a doppelganger to convince him to watch and what whatnot, just totally ridiculous. Playing on all his themes of like the double and all the Hitchcocky and stuff that he usually does, you know. Then there's a big finale involving a grave where he has to use his, he has to overcome his claustrophobia or his, uh, you know, basically his version of Vertigo from the movie Vertigo to to fight back. And then the a dog makes a convenient. Uh, a superhero appearance and then I, I don't want to give away the ending but I would say that the, what I like about this movie is just the absurdity of it the heightened nature of it the sexiness of it obviously this came out when I was a horny teenager and the idea that it just had the idea that she's masturbating was like oh it's a hot chick masturbating was so hot and the idea of this phony porn world like I didn't know what porn looked like at that age I was like well it seems right to me and this dude who acts like he's Bill Maher and the ridiculousness and Dennis Franz is in it and Larry Flash Jenkins from Fletch and just colorful and wacky and weird and it didn't have that that grim tone that Dressed to Kill had or the blowout has that nihilism at the end. This was just something playful, wacky, uh, silly, ridiculous, bad acting. You got a good guy who's the dumbest motherfucker who's ever been in a movie. Um, it's just like the perfect ridiculous Brian De Palma experience. Uh, it's probably one of my most watched of his movies. I mean, I wouldn't make any case that it's great art. And I, you know, again, you could argue that even something like obsession is more artfully made with the cinematography and the soft focus and the Bernard Her Herman score. This to me though, just, it's just what I want out of De Palma. It's one of my favorite movies. It's just a quick lightning round to talk about body double. I'm sure I didn't convince you to watch it, but if you were me in 1985 and you still had a, you, you still had a functioning wang, this was one of your favorite movies. All right. Thanks a lot.